a great episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Welcome to Really Important Fictional Things. My name is Avery. And my name is Rosie. And this week we are talking about Glow, season one. There are three, but we are only talking about season one because we don't got time. I don't have time. I don't have headspace. I can't even open this show correctly. <laughs> um, so we'll get into that and then talk about what else we've been watching, if anything. Spoiler, I've mostly just been studying. So, great fun. <laughs> I feel like we've switched. Yeah. I, was used to, I didn't know what I've been watching, though. We'll see when we get there what I remember. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, season one of Glow. Did you yes. watch the whole first season? I did. Same. The first couple of episodes, I was like, I don't know about this. This is not as good as I remembered it being. And I feel kind of weird about it. And then by like episode three, I was like, oh, yeah. Was but, there anything specific in the first few episodes that was like, I, nah? I mean, I texted you about this before. I think that Sam and like the misogyny stuff like really just wasn't enjoyable for me. Like I was having a hard time getting past that. Because I understand that they were representing something, but it was still making me feel shitty. Oh, yeah. I didn't like it. And it's interesting because throughout the whole – and I'm sure it continues – but the whole first season, hims especially, but most of the men in it, the woman – like, there's multiple times where he literally says to one of them, like, stop talking. I don't care what you have to say. Yes. (laughs) And again, that was, yes, intentional to show that. And the women – have varying responses, which I think is probably believable, too. Like, Ruth will just keep talking. We'll be like, that's amusing. I'm going to keep going. But a lot mm-hmm. of them stop talking. Yes. Um, yeah. Did you – so you stopped after season one? You didn't go into the season two at all? No, I hadn't. I barely – I, I bar- I'm late because I was watching the finale. <laughs> it gets rough. Can I spoil it for just, like, two seconds? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen it. I just it. haven't seen it. Okay, right remember um, how she negotiates for a producer credit, Debbie? Vaguely, yes. So she gets a producer credit, and they're just, like, awful to her. Yeah, in all those Sam rooms, right? They don't let her actually say, or she's just pretty in the room. They just cut her out. They don't include her in any meetings or respond when she tries to invite them to hers. And, like, it's fucking terrible. And then Sam is, like, super mean to Ruth because Ruth – directed a couple of things while Sam wasn't paying attention and it's just like awful <laughs> like the things that they say I'm like I was rooting for you guys and I really liked you and we pulled through last season and you're just like now doubling down on being awful and like, guys I don't like understand. literally the men the men yeah like I, I don't understand how I'm supposed to like like I just feel bad about myself <laughs> well that. that sucks I'm I hate that it was like an internalized thing but I they that I mean that is accurate like that is well, what happened I guess the, it is what happened and is happening but I guess what I was also thinking about is like yeah it's happening now and that's why they can make like they're making a show that's ostensibly set in the 80s but mm-hmm. like we don't know if people were actually like that in the 80s or if this is like an expression of what Hollywood is like now and they're just like they're like what's the word, like camouflaging it in the 80s, but it's a story yeah. that's hitting now. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. I think, I mean, yeah, we don't know. I wasn't there, but I distinctly remember having professors at BU who worked in Hollywood in the 70s and the 80s, and the stories they told of what was going on was was this. Like, it was appalling. No, for sure. I guess what I'm reacting to is the idea that women had any power in the 80s. Like, uh, this is a show that's showing women, like – 
actually having creative power, and I don't know if that was true. I have no idea if that was true. I agree with you there. Yeah. I feel like they're they're. I mean, even in the show, it's a show in a show, right? So the sh- so glow within glow. Their struggle is like, will people care? Will people show up? We're just women. Do we even have anything? Like, do people give a shit <laughs> that yeah. women are doing something? That part seems really believable to me. But I agree with you. I don't know if they would have even – like, would she have even gotten that producer credit? No, I don't think – I mean, I don't know, but I don't think so. When was Glow season – when did it come out? I don't know. 2017, really I think. I'm really, really quick. I'm- Yeah. So the first episode was 2017. So I, this is, I mean, I'm not like a successful person in Hollywood, obviously, but in 2017, this was the same year. So in 2017, I was living in LA. I was a waitress or whatever. And I met one of the customers that came in, one of the people that was um, sitting at the bar and he and I like really hit it off. And he was a writer and he was like, he and I made um, plans to just meet for lunch. And it was really funny because he literally was like, I have a wife, but I will meet you for lunch. And I was like, great. (laughs) So we, so we met up and he was super nice and really cool. And did he have a creepy vibe? Like not at all. Okay. That's why I liked him. Not at all. Um, And he was successful. He like worked with Guillermo del Toro and like all this stuff. And for some reason we were talking about how I felt about my writing. And I said to him, I just have a really hard time believing that I, what, what I have to say is important that like anybody will care. And it's really hard to like motivate myself to sit down and write when I feel like I'm can't even be interested in what Mm -hmm. I have to say, because that's what the culture is telling me. And he was like, so shocked. Like Mm -hmm. it had never occurred to him to think that way. Yeah. I don't, I mean, you've told me this story before because I remember, like, you started it and I was like, I remember this, but I am <laughs> glad other people are hearing it because I think that that is the part that's hard to explain when talking to men about yes. any part of the female experience. And I'm sure the same is true for anyone trying to explain, like, a racial experience or, like, anything that the other person hasn't gone through. But right. yeah, I mean, they, especially white men, are raised to be loud and say things and like your opinion is really important and women are not raised being told that at all and are usually then are often discounted when they do say something. They're discounted or they're treated as annoying. Like I was raised to speak and to be loud and I don't know. I feel like it really shaped my life. My life is like very different than if I was like, a more conforming mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there are trade-offs. There are trade-offs. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that- that's literally Ruth and Debbie. Yes, that's true. Like that's true. Ruth yeah. doesn't shut up and people don't like it. <laughs> I yeah, mean, people, people come like to love her. Like I think mm-hmm. people, once they get her, she is respected. Like all the women respect her. They take her seriously. They think she's interesting, funny hard to say what the men feel. I don't know. I don't think they objectify her quite as much, but they still discount her or treat her like loud. Um, I'm trying to think of worse words than loud, like obnoxious, annoying, annoying too opinionated. Like they definitely still see it as very negative. Whereas, and but the trade-off is I think she feels like she knows who she is and can has a voice that she she thinks is interesting, even if she is insecure and questions it at times. 
Whereas mm-hmm. Debbie has like never stated an opinion out loud. Mm-hmm. And I perceive her as someone who has very little confidence and mm-hmm. she knows how to play her part, which is to be like quiet and pretty. Yeah. She but she's not sort of happy. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. She gets her way, but she does it in much more like, I don't want to say sneaky, but like behind the scenes kind mm-hmm. of things. And like when she becomes a producer in season two, she, she gets that because she enlists the help of her now ex-husband mm-hmm. to look at the contract and stuff. So she's still playing within the gender. Yeah. The gender thing. But it's interesting what you said about how Ruth knows herself because there's a scene in the show. Do you remember the scene where um, Ruth and Sam are in the car and I think maybe Rhonda. Rhonda. So they're in the car and I think Rhonda had just like left to go to the bathroom or something and she was yeah. like, you know, miffed. And yeah, she wanted talk- she wanted him to go with her. Yes. <laughs> or like not stay alone in the car with another woman. I don't know exactly, but she she anyway. I just thought that was yeah. kind of funny. I like that she <laughs> wasn't hiding that she was super annoyed. Oh, the, I liked that all about herself. Like at one time Sam is like, doesn't she know she's supposed to be like quiet and kind of ashamed <laughs> that she's sleeping with her boss? She just like doesn't care. No, I love her. Um, but anyway, so too. yeah, it's just Sam and Ruth in the car. Yeah, yeah. And Sam is explaining about how like He'll do self-destructive things when, and the way he describes it is like, when someone or something has made me feel so small that I don't even feel like I exist anymore, then I have to do something to like remind myself I'm alive Mm -hmm. and it's self-destructive. And he was like, you don't feel like that. And she's like, what do you mean? He was like, well, you're like an okay person. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that is what it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like she's like at her core knows her value and her worth. Mm-hmm. Even though people are just continually shitting on her. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't mean she, like, doesn't also fuck up. Like, sleeping with Debbie's husband was – fuck, that was bad. She should not have done that. No, for and, sure. But I also think she is allowed to be that way because she is not stereotypically beautiful. Mm. Like, she's had to learn to be strong that way. Yeah. And What do you mean strong herself. that way? Like, not relying on her appearance. No, to be able to, uh, I mean, yes, not relying on her parents, but also literally having like a stronger, like a thicker skin because Mm. people are just constantly like being mean to her. Yeah. Like to her face, telling her how ugly she is. Yeah. And she also seems to like, she doesn't seem to then be super mean to herself. Like she's honest Mm -hmm. with herself when she's Mm -hmm. messed up, which she did. She's like, I messed that up. My bad. Like, sorry, I will apologize because that was totally on me and I shouldn't have done that thing that I did. But then she seems to have forgiven. Like, the storyline isn't like she has to forgive herself for this thing. She seems to have been like, yep, I messed up. That was bad. I will not do that again. And I am Mm -hmm. now going to move on (laughs) to the next thing. I mean, again, I mean, it makes sense to be – like, to be an actress is so fucking hard. Like, you need to have so much, like, blind confidence in Mm -hmm. yourself to be an actress. Yeah. like – Again, it makes sense to me that she would be able to compartmentalize, like, any sort of self-loathing that she has because, like, she literally just, like, doesn't have time for it. No, there's not time. And, like, I literally (laughs) might not survive if I do this to myself like everybody else. I did read that Allison Brie um, almost didn't get the part. Like, producers really didn't want her to be in the cast. I don't know why. Um, but so she, she had to like, she said, I cried in my car after every audition. I would sit in my car like Ruth and just sob, which is crazy because she is 
incredible at this part. He carries the whole thing. Yeah. There's more. This That's is so just weird. from like a list, you know, it links to an IndieWire article about why they didn't, which I didn't read. Um, but she had to fight to change their mind. That's so weird. I wonder like who else was on the who else was in the running? So, okay, the first hurdle, um, the casting director, Jen Houston, um, and Fl- Flahive. Who's that? Oh, it's one of the creator. Okay, so the creator and the casting director were looking for an unknown to play Ruth. Um, so that's one of the main reasons, because she was on Community and Mad Men before this, so they didn't like that. Are you looking at the Vulture article? No, I'm looking at IndieWire. Okay, I'm looking at Vulture. <laughs> and it looks like there was multiple... Like, a lot of different screen tests. And same with um, Betty Gilpin, who plays Debbie. They didn't want her either. What? <laughs> but it feels like, I mean, this is just from this one article. They just keep saying they wanted unknowns. So Alison Bree said, it felt like a series of tests, but will she come in and do a pre-read for casting? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And I'll wear no makeup. Will you fly to Toronto and read with Betty? Yes, of course, whatever you want me to do. So she was just (laughs) like, I will do anything you ask me to do. (laughs) So when the two got together to do a chemistry test, the first step was reading for uh, the casting director. And the second was in a very cold, weird and silent room. (laughs) (laughs) She says in this Vulture article, I think they started to see Ruth's desperation in me. (laughs) Yeah, it feels like almost rude. Yeah, I wonder if they did it on purpose. Every audition for Debbie, I thought it was going to be the last time. I would say goodbye to her every time. I was like, you know what? You cannot take this dream all the way. Brutal. The final audition was right after her wedding, Betty's wedding. The woman that played um, Debbie. Debbie. God, see the compartmentalization to be a fucking actress. Like, how do you even enjoy your wedding? (laughs) That's what I was going to say. How do you enjoy it? And then also, like, if you were going to go on a honeymoon, too bad for you. Got to come back and do this. Otherwise, you don't want it enough. Yeah. Like, you need to want it more than you want anything. A lot of people said that in Hollywood. Every time I talk to anybody about surviving, and this is just about writing people said like if there's literally anything else you can do in the world do that yes. <laughs> this is so hard and you have to want it more than anything else it's part of why i left too because people kept telling mm-hmm. me that as well i got the same exact message and i was like you know what i i don't i don't <laughs> want this more than i want anything else <laughs> no i did for a minute it made me a bad person i yeah. don't think it does that to everyone right. but it definitely did to me <laughs> what makes you so single-minded selfish and yeah yeah. So. Very self-absorbed. Anyway, I'm glad they both made it. Sorry for that process, but they're uh, – I think they're amazing. And I do actually think – one. I took very few notes, but one of the things I wrote down was some of the different duos, for lack of a better word, was really interesting to me. And obviously, I feel like Ruth and Debbie is the main one, but I find their relationship very interesting. Did you like mm-hmm. it? Yeah. In what ways, though? Well, I liked – that even I guess I guess Ruth has slept with her husband by the time you're seeing them at that workout class in the first episode, but their dynamic was just very clear to me, and it felt like Ruth was jealous. I mean, that seemed clear. Like Ruth was jealous of her success, Debbie's success, and then it feels like by the fact of her sleeping with her husband, it almost even it almost like evened them out, mm-hmm. and then it felt like I was watching more of them be. I don't know, peers. 
Yeah, you know what it reminds me of is um, Jackie and... Why can't I ever remember anyone's <laughs> name? Me so much. Oh my what, God. what show? Jackie from what? Jackie and Shauna in Yellow Jackets. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, it is actually almost the exact same because she sleeps with her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even that they're jealous. Like, it's not that they want to be the other no. person. Like, they both like themselves more than, they, than the other person likes yeah. themselves. But it's more that, like, you want to prove to yourself that you're more attractive than the person that does all the things right. Mm-hmm. That you're like, that you're like valid in making your own way and can still be attractive. Yes. And I don't even, I guess the, do you say attractive specifically because they sleep with the other person's person or just literally you think they want like physical attraction or just attention and I think it's like physical appeal. attraction. I think in a world that where men are telling you all day that you're ugly, there's something very satisfying about having a man who's married to the ideal mm-hmm. tell you you're so hot and I want to have sex with you. Instead. He also doesn't say that. He actively says to her, "You're so normal. You're so real." Is what he real. Says. You're right. Real. Yeah. And then he says, yeah. "Normal." And she's like, "Please stop talking. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what I want to hear you say." Yeah, but he does say, like, I can't stop thinking about you and, like... Oh, yes. No, I understand that, but I guess I just... The reason I asked was he doesn't specifically talk about her physical attraction. Right, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, yeah. And I think that goes into it, too, is because you're making... I'm just relating to this character and how I felt about people finding Mm -hmm. me sexually attractive in the past because it's very validating to have somebody be attracted to you for the same reason why you're attracted to yourself. Yes. No, I totally agree with that. Yep, yep. That makes complete sense to me. Um, Attracted to yourself is maybe the wrong way to say it. But but it is sort of, yeah. Like, oh, the things I see in me that I like and I'm proud of, you also see and like. That's, that makes total sense. That's super, I mean, that's true with anything, really, with family, with friends. If there's someone, there's something I think about myself and then a friend compliments that. That feels awesome, super validating. And especially to your point, he has the quote-unquote perfect shiny person. Right. And she's not actually satisfying his life or needs, whatever. Right, because she's like an empty shell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They don't have a real connection. (laughs) No, it's interesting in the first season because they end up getting fully divorced, right? I'm only a few episodes into season two, but she said that she's, like, not keeping her name or she's not keeping his name. So it's, like, implied that they're getting divorced. Because it was interesting to me, and I'm glad they showed that he – like, it was interesting because I liked – I'm just repeating myself. I like that they showed him making some effort and he wasn't just a, like, villain character. Agreed. But then I also liked that it's – he was still clearly blah and – no, and you don't get it, and you don't get her, and, like, get out of here. But it doesn't yes. mean you're, like, a horrible human. But, like, no, this this does not work. We don't work. No, he didn't want her. He wanted things to go back to what they yeah. were before. But even what they were – yes, I agree. And also what they were before, he also didn't like. He wants her to right. be a cardboard cutout that also, like, gives him a blowjob every night. Like, she can't – you have to let well, her – but then he also internally wants the real thing. Right. So, like, this is why – this is how patriarchy also hurts men. <laughs> yes, because he doesn't know. And he's miserable. He's miserable. So hopefully he figures that out in therapy. And With or without her. Bye, Mark. 
Also, they called out CBT twice in this season, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> yes, and I, I wouldn't li- necessarily be doing CBT with these people. <laughs> well, I also think, and you'll tell me if this is correct, but wasn't that one of the first, like, aside from when they would just give you electroshock therapy or, like, just pills? <laughs> like, CBT was one of the first types of talk therapy. Is that true, do you know? or, or Well, the first type of talk therapy was Freud, so that's okay. psychoanalysis of, like, Freud. talking about, like, how you want to fuck your mother and yeah. all of that. He seemed um, really one-track mind from what I've learned about Freud. He really like, was. Maybe you want to fuck your mother. We don't yeah. all want to fuck our mom. No. Um, and so that was the first kind. And then I don't really know when CBT was discovered, to be honest. But the thing about it is it's one of the most um, evidence-based because Got it's it. easier to study than others. It's, like, less subjective mm-hmm. than other techniques so it, um often insurance will cover more cbt oh. than they will other that's other interesting kinds. a quick google says 1960s is when it's cognitive behavioral so that makes sense yeah, yeah the, in the i 90s mean if you didn't there. want to do freud i guess you would do cbt <laughs> <laughs> those are your options yeah yeah Interesting. Anyway, yeah, I noted that too because both times they said it like now i think you could say cbt and not everyone would know what you meant but a handful of people and they say the full thing every time which yeah. i thought was very funny um anyway. and it just yeah i don't know it's just a very funny observation because like it doesn't address that i have trouble with cbt sometimes because it doesn't address like core issues mm. it all it is is identifying thoughts that are causing you to feel bad about yourself and have negative behaviors. And then you like catch those thoughts mm-hmm. and before they like have bad repercussions and change the way you think about things. And then that causes a behavioral change. Got it. That's what CBT is. But if your core issue is that you're sexist and you can't relate to your wife because of that, <laughs> this will not CBT might not be the best choice. I don't know. Unless if- your CBT person is like secretly brainwashing you to be less sexist <laughs> or is like, we're doing CBT and also other types of therapy. Like we're going to do more than one. Yeah. Or if literally the cognitive distortion is that you think women are less good. <laughs> and they're like, look at you. You're, you're again, judging a woman. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. It would but have to be done that's... really probably not in the eighties. Well, what I no. was going to say is at least the way he even talks about it, all the things he decided to change still centered him. To right. the point of what you just said, like he's going to diet for his weight. He's going to – and even like – I mean, I don't know. But when he says to her, can I give you a hug? And she was like, I'm not going to fucking hug you. And he was like, well, it's not really a hug. It's a lean or something. There was a name for it. Looking at it, I was like, I mean, it looks like a hug. I can understand that you're saying it's bringing different value or it has like a specific purpose. But I don't know. That part annoyed me a little because she just said she didn't – want to touch you yeah and now you're you've made her do it anyway because your therapist told you about it and he's hugging his therapist i don't know dude uh that's maybe that's kind of a theme of his is like just trying to control her like he'll say like come back come back come back and then like immediately try it like even serving the divorce papers he literally admits like he was just trying to get back some measure of control Mm -hmm. Yeah, you to even the scales. Anyway, too much time spent on Mark. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> uh, I do like the actor. I will say I think he did a good job. Anyway. 
Yeah, I think he played the part very well. I didn't like him, and I think I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> I like when men can play men that I don't like. Me too. Because, like, like when they're supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it seems like you get it. Yes. <laughs> Unless they're typecast, like Johnny Depp or something. Right, right. Anyway. Do you have any other notes or anything? I have, like, random shit. No, I don't have any notes. Okay. <laughs> I just watched the whole thing and absorbed it and let myself be free. Yeah, last night I wrote, like, three things down. So that's what I have. One was the duos. So one of the other – but all the duos included men, I'm realizing, that that I wrote down. So I thought Bash and Carmen. Yeah, I love that. You know I have a sweet spot for Chris Lowell. Mm-hmm. A sweet so spot. A soft spot. So good. Yeah. Is he gay? Is his character gay? Yeah, he's supposed to be gay with the yeah. butler, I think. Okay, with the butler. Um, yeah. Anyway, I liked that. I liked the way they did it because it wasn't super obvious and it made sense for the time. And the moment in the last episode where he puts sparkly eyeshadow on and his smile yeah. to himself, you do, you bash. Love the it. only thing about it, I was like, put that over your hooded eyes. Yeah, you put it, it on better. Get a, <laughs> They're doing makeup for everyone. Go ask for help. <laughs> I feel like they would happily help you if it's not well applied. But I'm excited you're exploring. Um and then, yeah, I loved him and Carmen. I, like, they just seem to have such a genuine friendship. And maybe it is because he is gay or there just isn't a ton of sexual attraction between them. But it seemed really innocent. Yeah, I liked it too. That was the biggest heartbreak for me starting season two is how fucking sexist and shitty Bash is. I was like, Come Does it on. seem like it changes from the first season or he's just leaning kind in? Kind of. I yeah. don't know. It's kind of weird. He's like very – down he's like almost pushing sam to be more down on debbie than sam already is oh that's super which feels weird because he's so empowering of the women like when they go to his house and they go to that party and and like i'll get into character and stuff yeah and i feel like he's either empowering or like on a bender himself like he's not usually actively causing the harm yeah so weird that they made that a thing in season two I don't remember where – I don't remember his, like, arc. I don't remember where he ends up. I haven't finished. I only got, like, yeah. three episodes into season two. So I don't think I've even watched season three. Yeah, we watched it together. Oh, I don't remember But we anything. don't – it was during lockdown. <laughs> like, I yeah, don't exactly. – so we weren't – I don't – I don't remember anything that happened, but I remember us watching it. We probably uh-huh. watched it in, like, a day, too. And when I do that, yeah. the show, like, doesn't penetrate <laughs> No, the only show I remember fast. watching with you in lockdown is The Crown. I have like very good memories of The Crown. <laughs> the other thing we watched in one day was The Watchmen. Do you oh, remember yeah. that? I remember that. It too. was so yeah. fucking hot. That's what I remember about that day. And we, you can't go anywhere. It was like whatever. <laughs> and I just remember sitting in the room trying to make sure like my skin didn't touch itself mm-hmm. watching that show. And that was such a weird one for us because I don't think either one of us would have watched that solo or now. Definitely we not. This first episode, and we were like, "This is great. <laughs> we must watch all of it." <laughs> so yeah, and I've like never thought about it really since. Never been then. compelled to watch it again. Do no. not care. <laughs> no, I think it was important actually, but yeah, not. Don't need to watch it again. No. Um, and then the other thing, which we talked about them a little, but the other duo I wrote down was Sam and Rhonda. Which I also thought was interesting. I don't know if duo is quite the right word, but I thought watching them in scenes together was – she would do things that I didn't expect her to do, which I liked. Like what? 
Like the way she broke up with him, I thought was very fun. Oh, I loved it. It was so empowering. It As was someone that's so, been in a similar situation. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah, tell him. Tell him. He doesn't yes. understand that and you don't care as much as he thinks you do. Yes. And she was like, I like you because I thought you were sweet, but this is not fun and I don't enjoy any of it. And so I'm going to go. Yeah. Like, I am not tempted to stay here at all. And the other thing about that too is, is she was like, she made she made him realize that she's a real person. Yes. Like a fully developed real person, not just this like caricature of who you think this woman, this type of woman is that mm-hmm. you're sleeping with right now. And mm-hmm. like maybe if he I mean, he didn't like her, I guess, but like maybe if he had been more real with her, like there might have been something actually there. I don't know. I don't think I mean he seems like the classic character who doesn't like himself. Yes. No. But it's very, a little and maybe watching – because I, I don't remember how I felt about him the first time I watched this show, but I also had a harder time watching him this time. And he just – I don't know. Watching a character hate themselves is only interesting for so long, and then I'm just – it's annoying and kind of boring to me. hmm So self-destructive. And all the stuff he did with his daughter, I know he didn't know that, but he literally says to this young woman, I don't even know if you're over 18, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. And he's like, old. <laughs> I mean, that's a terrible least. thing to say. I think no matter how old you are, even if you're twenty, like I don't, you know. But he's too old, too old to be doing that. You are a predator. You need to stop. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um. Okay. One of my other notes is just I really like that all of the characters have. I guess I should say the wrestlers have specific personalities and i like that they all have different dynamics with each other like it doesn't feel like they just turn on their personalities when like ruth or debbie is around like they have a lot of Mm. unique pairings and interactions to each other which i found really interesting like sheila's birthday i love sheila's birthday (laughs) i love the it's like tracy or something oh she's in scott pilgrim versus the world i like her what's her name the character jenny Jenny, Jenny. Her name is Jenny. The actress's name is Ellen Wong. And I even just liked, like, it was an interesting part of her character that she was like, birthdays are important. She just was so, like, every second she was on screen, she was, like, fully, she ate, as the kids like to say. (laughs) What? I don't know that one. Well, I'm not on TikTok. It's a, it's, uh, they stole it from drag queens as they always do, but it's like, or maybe they didn't. I don't know. There was this one TikTok of this woman um, from Australia and she was like, I just love talking in my accent because every single vowel we just say for like so long, we're like (laughs) eating those vowels. (laughs) And then after that, everyone's like, she's eating, she ate, like, like killing it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I agree. She's. Very funny. Every to second watch. she's on screen, I'm like, this is a delight. Love and it. I like all of them. Like anytime we see, I guess the only one I am less engaged with is Justine. The yeah. Da- the what about daughter. the Viking? Oh, I guess that's true. She doesn't have much going on. They fire her in like the first episode of season two. And I was like, no, like I'm just watching it. And I hope they come back. I hope she comes back because she's part of the group. She's part of the group. So I want her to be there. But I don't feel like she got like they let her do very much. No. Like I have no memories of her saying much aside from that she was mad 
she like because Liberty Bell got taken away from her, which is legitimate to be mad about. I'd be mad. Me too. But I also like I really like Cherry and I like her storyline with the with her husband. I think it's fun her husband is awesome. Yeah, One of the great. best best parts in my mind. Again, a character where every time he's on screen, I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. There are just certain people that when you see them on screen are just so natural. Mm-hmm. Like they're watchable. You want to watch them. I mean, that's a good actor or whatever. Right. But like even in bit parts. I mean, sometimes I think that you have to be a better actor. Like, you know, that's what character actors do mm-hmm. when you have a bit part than if you're on screen for a ton of time. Mm-hmm. Like I like in season two, Cherry goes on to her. I know I'm talking about season two a lot. We only said we talked about <laughs> season one, but like maybe this, maybe that's the last thing I'll say. Um, in season two, Cherry gets an actual show, like a mm-hmm. comp show or whatever. And she's really bad at it, <laughs> like learning her lines and acting and stuff. And I'm kind of, I was kind of glad because I don't think the actress that plays Cherry is very good. So I was like, oh, this is funny. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I haven't seen her. I don't think I've seen her in anything else. And I believe her as Cherry, but she might just be playing herself. Like she has a very sort of flat way to deliver things. She has a flat way of delivering and I don't love watching her. Like when she was on screen, I was like, I like that you're part of this group and I have an affection for you. And I like that you're here. True, But there's something about you that's like less pleasant to watch <laughs> than the other people. Do you know what I mean? Yep, yep, I do. I guess More that's... forced or something. Yeah. I don't know if I would use the word force, but I do know what you mean. And now that you're phrasing it that way, yeah, I'm not... I'm not like, oh, great, more cherry time. No. Like <laughs> Unless if they she's with her husband. I had to pick my team, she would be last picked. <laughs> last picked? Ah. I giggle at them, but the the two women who are best friends and play the old ladies. Oh, I love them. I oh. liked them so much more this time than I was watching them. I thought they were so I think funny. they're funny, but they're multiple. I want – I don't – I would pick Cherry before them. Like but that, that tracks with our personalities. Yeah. Who else is – who else? Who else? I think Who's on your Car- glow team? Um, I really like Carmen. Carmen's cool. I think she's a sweetheart, and I really like – I would like, pick Arthi. I liked Arthi a me lot. Me too. And I would definitely pick Jenny. Definitely Jenny. Jenny's And mine. Rhonda. I would also pick Rhonda. <laughs> I would not take Rhonda. You can have Rhonda. Okay, great. I'll take her. I love her. I like her every time she's on screen. This is a terrible thing to say as a feminist, but, like, I need her to eat more food. Like, mm. her face is too thin and her hair is, like, not doing well. And I'm just like, Kate, sweetheart, like, please. <laughs> like, I know your, your midriff looks great and your boobs look great, but, like, you're supposed to have more – Meat on your bones. Yes. You know what I mean? You can just tell. I don't disagree. I've just – I had this exact – all those same exact thoughts about an actress, and then I looked them up, and they had a kidney disorder, and I was like, oh. So know, maybe it is eating. It well, is a no. shitty thing to say. It is a shitty thing to say. But yeah. it, it's just interesting in the in this show where she was supposed to be, like, the ideal attractive one. And I was is like, she? I think I so. Debbie I think she's was. supposed to be, like, the hot – well, yeah, that's true, but – I don't know. I think she's like an ideal 80s hot girl. I think like that, that's like super true. Fit, but you know? I don't feel like the show is telling me that she's the hot one. No, no. I think. But I think you're right. I think in the 80s that was like the yeah. look to have. That's what I mean. Like they were they were saying that, but they were saying that's not actually true. They were doing a lot of that in the show. Because the last note, like other thing I have was just sort of the image of a woman in the 80s in general was very interesting. Like, the makeup is bright. 
Yes. And all the blue eyeshadow. hate it. Hate it, hate it. I do not like how it looks <laughs> at all. Do you like it? It's kind of coming back. I know. And um, I don't like it now either. I mean, you do you. Everyone, put whatever you want on your face. I don't. I'm distracted. And I really like people's eyes. And you cannot, uh-huh. I'm, I don't see your eyes anymore because your eyeshadow, in one moment, when they all dress up and go to that benefit or whatever, Debbie's, uh-huh. it's black. It's all black. And you literally can't see her eyes because the eyelashes <laughs> are so heavy and her um, eyeshadow is black. And I think she's got pretty eyes. I don't Let like see it. see those peepers. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I don't know. I, I dislike it less than I dislike 90s makeup. I fucking hate 90s makeup. Vermont, what, what is 90s makeup? It's like super thin eyebrows. Oh, yeah. And don't like Really that. heavy lip liner. I always think of Rachel on Friends in the early seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't, don't I like guess it. anything that looks too much how do I makeup. phrase this? Too much makeup, too much like you're trying to make your face look a way that isn't what your face looks like Hmm. i understand the instinct and society is telling you your face should look a specific way so i get why people like why it happens but Mm -hmm. even some of the stuff now like it was a few years ago right when everyone was like coloring in their eyebrows yes and like really big lips Mm -hmm. if that's what your face looks like i think your face looks great if that's not what your face looks like you don't have to make your face look like that i guess if it makes you feel better then then you should but yeah, I know what you mean. I actually think about that kind of a lot because when I – not a lot, but, like, I took a bunch of I, – I take – everybody takes selfies, mm-hmm. whatever. Of course, we all do. And when I was taking them, when I was, like, 25 and thinking a lot about getting older, I'm going to be 32 mm-hmm. in a couple months. Just 32 like, is hitting me for up. some reason and 30 didn't. <laughs> and 32 30, feels 31. like – 30s. Like we're in our 30s. <laughs> we are in it, baby. And uh, so I take some selfies now and again now and I'm like, what? The, who the fuck is that? <laughs> it doesn't look like what I think myself to look yeah, like. Yeah, like yeah. what I remember when I was in my heavy selfies. Yeah. Time. And I am also on TikTok a lot. So I see those TikTok girlies mm-hmm. making their little movies or whatever. And I have to remind myself that like, I could look like that too. Oh I yeah, don't do makeup. A lot <laughs> of what... girls are spending an hour a day on their makeup, and so of course you look like you have great cheekbones mm, and yes. like, you know. And, and if that's more time, you're beautiful. Yes, girl. exactly. Like, if that's what you want to spend your time like, doing, you go right ahead. I I can't. I don't have the expertise. Do it. I don't have the time or the patience. I also don't have the interest. I'm not interested in learning how to do that and then do it. Right. I'm not interested in making my face look different. That no doesn't way. mean I love my face all the time. <laughs> there are plenty of <laughs> times that I don't, but I'm still like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not putting. No, the time I know what you that. mean. I feel very uncomfortable. Like when I have a full face of mm-hmm. makeup, I feel like I'm. I don't know. It, it's like, I, yeah, it just feels really inauthentic, which mm-hmm. like it is. <laughs> yeah, <but> that <laughs> no, is like, what not it is. for everybody, but like, yeah, it makes me feel really weird. Like I don't feel like myself anymore. Yeah. Um, the other thing, image of a woman, very high hair. I think that's one of the funniest things about the 80s. The hair is just so high. Yeah. The scene where she, Ruth, is wearing the hat for the first time, and then she takes the hat off, <laughs> yeah. and her hair is just as big and molded as it's, the hat. It's, it's very funny. And, like, Debbie's hair, who I feel like is following all the trends, is – her hair is so big. It's not always high necessarily, but it's always, like, teased and curled in that stereotypical way. And I guess Melrose, too. Her hair is also quite 
large. Yes, her hair is huge. I mean, big. Yeah, the girls curl their hair all the time too nowadays. I'm like, what the? I don't know. I, How do you have time? I do like curling my hair, and it takes. Oh, I have to plan ahead. Like I have to <laughs> stop doing things and be like, okay, if I have to leave here at seven, I have to start curling my hair at six. Yeah, I'm like, I can't do it. I do it I'm here like and there. Fifteen to twenty minutes late to everything all the time. <laughs> yeah, we can't add a hair, can't curl, hair curling. Yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been late multiple times and then show up, and I'll look at my hair and be like, "Was it worth it? Was it worth being twenty minutes late so your hair is curled for this dinner?" <laughs> Sometimes the answer is yes, but most of the time the answer is no. And yeah. then we talked about this, but the third thing I have is they're very small. Hair the, high, the makeup mm-hmm. bright, very small. And then yeah. I started trying to notice because. They're in these tiny outfits, right, especially even when they're training, like, the just leotards a lot of the time. And I wrote – I don't know if this was – they were doing it on purpose to make the point or trying to represent the 80s or whatever. But the small outfits are on the small white women, and the other people are wearing more. So hmm. Jenny is Asian, and she does wear, like, sports bras, but she's wearing shorts most of the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And Debbie and Ruth are always in, and uh, Rhonda will be in, like, you can see, like, almost everything <laughs> mm-hmm. that they're wearing. And I don't know, I don't know how intentional that was, but also all the women who are not tiny are always wearing shorts or pants. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't know. That, as someone who doesn't identify as a very small person, was a little, like, it would have been cool to see. If I guess it doesn't fit her character exactly, but it would have been cool to see Carmen wearing a similar outfit if she wanted to be. Yeah, I agree with you. But are you talking about the training? Because the first thing popped in my mind is um, Welfare Queen, who wears like a tight training. So she does wear yeah. that when she performs, which I agree. I like. I was. I specifically noticed that at the end and was like, "Oh, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. that woman's a real wrestler." Awesome. She Which was so good. So in this. cool. I fucking loved her. I love her. She's a great actress. Yeah. She is. Um, no, I know what you mean. My observation of that, there was one time where I just like where are your belly buttons? <laughs> <laughs> because, like, Debbie has some meat on her bones. Yes. And I do as well, like more <clears throat> than yes. Debbie for sure. But like around my middle, it's really soft. Mm-hmm. And when I wear something tight like that. You can see my belly button. I mean, I think this shit is thick. I think you can't see your belly button because (laughs) of the materials, not because of her body. Gotcha. But I I agree. I same. I mean, same, same, same. Because it's so frustrating how insecure that makes me feel. Your belly button. I never see women's bodies like that. Yes. Like you can't really see the woman's actual body most of the time. Even welfare queen, she's like a sausage. Yes. I guess that's what I was responding to as well. And it's a yeah. good call out that she is wearing a leotard um, when she's performing. But yeah, even they're wearing like the tights. I mean, they're, yeah. The sheer tights. The they sheer really tights. Call, uh, they have to go get sheer tights. Yeah. yeah. And they... I mean, they look great. They all like, look great. And I like that there's yeah. body diversity happening on the show. Like, I mm-hmm. think that that is impressive. And usually in groups of women, that's not happening on TV. So power to them and kudos. But it didn't make me not self-conscious. <laughs> no. I think for whatever it's worth, I do think that the Carmen Carmen wearing shirts and stuff like that was a character choice. I agree with you. Because she's so, like, shy yes. and not – 
okay with being in front of people. Yeah, and if she showed up in something Ruth was wearing and tiny, t- you it would someone would have to be like, "What's up? Big change!" <laughs> like, yeah, because she's wearing huge T-shirts. Like she's dressing like one of her brothers. I think. Yeah, and that's a part exactly. of her experience. So. But I know what you mean. I kind of felt that way about the biddies because my body type is similar to theirs. To theirs. And um, they do have one scene where one of the women has her shirt off and her bot her belly is soft, mm-hmm. but they're just played as so not sexual. Mm-hmm. And I think especially the dark haired one is really pretty. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. No, I agree. And maybe that changes slightly through the rest of the show, and maybe it was that. Actresses' choices, we don't know. But, yeah, watching it, it, that would have been nice to see. One other thing, though, just I guess on the theme of women. (laughs) This is a terrible segue. The the behind-the-scenes, like, crew was mostly women as well, which I really like. Um, And the woman who played Debbie said it made her, like, really reflect on her entire career because she – she said, I always, I'd always known about things that men did that made me shut down creatively, but I was surprised to reflect on how many things I did to myself as a result of being in a male-dominated environment. Um, and I feel like that – I mean, we kind of talked about it at the beginning. But, yeah, the male gaze and the patriarchy fucked us up. And it was interesting for her to say, I was very aware of what the men were doing to me, but I didn't realize that I was internalizing so much of it. And then shutting myself down, too. Yep. And she didn't feel like she had to do that on the set, which is good. I'm glad. And she said, moving forward, I now, hopefully, will work to eliminate. It's hard. It's fucking stuck in there. I got – I smoked a little bit the other day because if I do it sparingly, it helps with my anxiety. And Mm -hmm. I was feeling super anxious. And I had this moment of clarity where I was like, Fuck! Like, I'm so much internalized misogyny, especially because I'm dating a lot right now, mm-hmm. and I also am really unhappy with my weight. Like, mm-hmm. I've gained a full size, and that's a lot. It happened in like a couple months, mm-hmm. you know. So it's been like difficult to process, and I'm just like, I don't want to. Like, why do I walk around all day feeling like shit about myself? It's such Girl, a waste of life. It's such a waste of time. I talk about. I mean, you and I have talked about it offline, but. Yeah, really sorry that's happening and that feeling is happening for you. And also, sadly, totally get it. Mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time in therapy talking about my size. And I she asked what my goal was. And I was like, I just don't want to think about it this much. Yeah. Like, and I'm, yeah, it's, I want to not think about it this much and not have the answer be, I'm smaller, so I don't have to think about it as much. I know what you mean. I I, I also out. sort of want to be smaller because I haven't completely beaten that thought away. But. I mean, it's not, it's so shitty, but it's yeah. really nice to like go and try some clothes on and just feel like the clothes are meant for your body. Mm-hmm. Like that's such a big part of what it is. You and I were talking about this the other day and I literally was Googling like, where can I buy size eight clothes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it doesn't, I understand that there's like plus size and that there's mid size, but like I really feel like my body type doesn't fit in. And I, I don't know. I know I have privilege of being, you know, relatively thin. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, kind of. I mean, I'm like, a size 12. So <laughs> I know, but it's- I just feel like there's no, like you, I'm not going to, I don't know. It's this is tricky territory. Yes. But I feel like you have like hips and boobs and an hourglass shape and you buy clothes that are tailored to your body. And I think you look awesome. Thank you. And I 
can't find that at my size. Like the way my body is structured, I'm supposed to be a four, six, mm. like a size four, six mm-hmm. in order to like look good in those clothes is yeah, how yeah. it feels. Sure. Me. Yeah. No, that's so. a, if that's your experience, that's completely real and happening. <laughs> <laughs> and I like went to Zara yesterday to get new clothes and I just felt terrible the whole time yeah the whole it time. Sucks. I just like I thank you for the compliment that's not how I feel at all so that's very <laughs> nice to hear you say out loud I know I've also said to you I think that you look awesome and hot a lot when you don't feel that way but one thing that I different on the yeah. inside yeah. One thing that I have found helpful that you've probably already done, but I'll say it anyway, is like there are a lot of things online you can look up to like get your measurements and whatever the ratio is tells you the mm-hmm. body type you have and how to dress for that. So I've done that a lot and that oh, has been okay. really helpful. Um, I should do that then. Yeah. And it like there are a few – try to find ones that don't appear judgmental. You can tell pretty quickly, but there are some sites that are very much like – I mean, duh, but all body types are awesome and like dressing for them is the trick. So you might be pear-shaped, yeah. apple-shaped. I don't know what it's like, straight, super curvy. I'm like a triangle. And, yeah. <laughs> but like but that would be more like my shoulders are bigger than my waist. Yeah. Well, that's why the ratio thing is super helpful because I feel like the yeah. things we think of are, yeah, you should be hourglass or nothing at all I don't know and like I do have an hourglass figure but of course when I look in the mirror I'm like yeah but it doesn't count because I'm too big everywhere else so Mm. this looks like shit but I'm working on it trying to not call myself shit yeah I know this doesn't really matter because it doesn't change how you feel but meanwhile we go out and Rosie just gets constantly like (laughs) chatted up and like it's not how I even that doesn't I think I don't think you're we lying. Were at a party. Remember we were at the party and yes. we were talking to a guy playing darts. Yes. And I was like, dude, he's into you. And you were like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I was watching and being like, oh, he's super into Avery. Like that was my experience That's of that so interaction. See, so we both I we're don't both know. just like seeing the best in each other. <laughs> yes. We need to figure out how to do that for ourselves. That honestly is the key. If I think about some of the things I say to myself, if I would ever say them to a friend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. It I would know. be and so mean. I'm in my head at home thinking that other people are thinking this way about me. No, and if they are, mm-hmm. fuck them. I know it's, it's so really mean. Up. But and I do think, even though to get back to the show, they don't. They're not. I mean, I don't know how anyone does it perfectly because we're all having such different experiences and reactions. But I do think it was valuable to see this many women be friends with each other, or even yes. just kind co-workers like they're not all besties but they have they all respect each other I think that's like the main thing that I really enjoyed watching it I agree and it and it comes naturally like mm-hmm. I don't think they all felt that way immediately and there's definitely competition in the beginning um so it feels very genuine yeah and like Cherry and uh, Melrose are one of the pairings I think of from the beginning that really didn't like each other, but they seemed to have like they respected that the other person was a full person. They were just like they're right. I don't like your personality, and not all and women have to like each no, other. No, we don't all have to be best friends. So I liked, I liked that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. The other thing about watching shows like this, even when women are supposed to be not that like. 
show not that attractive in real life is attractive. Yes. And I just have to keep reminding myself that these people have like a full team of people whose whole responsibility is to make them beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I'm a little bit similar. I mean, maybe not, but I feel a kinship to like, um, what is her name? Aunt Flo. What's her name? Florence Pugh. Oh yeah. 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 Have you seen her glow up lately? I have seen pictures of her. So fucking beautiful right now. Yeah. But she's being styled every single day. Sorry. Every I'm like day. Off the rails. Now we're no, just it's fine. A totally. <laughs> no. I think that that is. Yes. I mean, I worked for someone who, yeah, she like went to the Emmys and I think she was supposed to be on the carpet around one and she started getting ready at 4 a.m. 4 a.m. I yes. thought you were going to say nine. No. What do you even do for that long? <laughs> I don't totally know. I mean, she was getting hair extensions. That seems to take a very long time if you're having them professionally put in. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then, yeah, makeup and and whatever. But, yeah, I don't – It t- yeah, it took forever. <laughs> so, yeah, when you're seeing someone at an event, they did not roll out of bed like that. They, it makes me so angry about how little visibility there is for that, too. And men mm-hmm. just think that we just show up looking like this. Yeah. No. And the women that can show up looking like that, I don't know. People, I don't know. It's just like what I was going to say to finish my thought is like those women are so blessed. And mm-hmm. I don't think that people talk or think about that enough either. I agree. And I also think that everything's a double-edged sword because I feel like I know some women who do wake up and sort of look like that and it's not as someone who doesn't have that I'm very jealous of it and of them and I'm annoyed when they don't seem aware that they have it Mm -hmm. but I feel like the way people treat them is so singularly around that a lot that they're fighting for other stuff they're like I I have other things going on (laughs) to bring it back to glow it's kind of what Debbie is going through right her body is like absolutely outrageous though yeah she has a quote about how um she spent a lot of her life working out specifically to avoid bulking up and with this show she was like fuck that (laughs) like (laughs) i want to look like how i want to look and it's and it's like this and i wouldn't even call her like super bulked up but she looks very strong she does i actually had the thought that i bet it's hard for her to get parts because her boobs are so big yeah she doesn't look like she like she's a bombshell, but mm-hmm. she doesn't look like what Hollywood is looking for mm-hmm. in their actresses usually. She is in like um she's playing. Have you seen God? What's it called? Yeah, she's playing like a like a, an assassin nun <laughs> in a new show called Mrs. Davis that I'm very curious to see. Okay, the only other thing I or my last thing is I'm curious what you thought about this too, but they. They're doing a lot of playing with stereotypes, like specifically a lot of racial stereotypes. And I think they, I mean, the show like knows that it's bad. And some of the women are even saying like, I don't want to play a terrorist or I'm not actually from. They're like, I'm Cambodian. I'm not Chinese. But it was, I don't know. It was one of those things that we've talked about a lot where I'm like, okay, the show knows that it's pointing out that this is Bad, but do we like? We're, we know that watching it too, right? And then I was like, I guess the people watching Glow probably do. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. I was having a hard time with some of those moments where I was like, Oh, this is making me uncomfortable, and maybe that's the point. I think it's the point. I I don't know. My the thoughts running through my head are like, I don't know. It's probably getting canceled if we had any sort of following. <laughs> <laughs> but like, 
but I wonder if at some point, like, it's okay to just like have fun <laughs> with like stereotypes. Like, I don't know if that's like a, like, I can't play Beirut. Right. I don't know what I'm saying. Well, I, no, I, I mean, I wondered that too. And I think as a white person who shouldn't really even be talking about it, I feel like the part that felt like it was missing to me in this moment, which also is believable for the show, but is the women didn't all seem to own what they had to do. Like, she was like, I'm not Chinese, so I don't really want to play fortune cookie. Right, but she did But she had to do it anyway, which made sense in the show. In real life, yeah, I think it depends a lot on a lot of factors your um, personality and how you like what you think yep, is funny and totally he was an individual human being um they do address that to talk about season two again <laughs> they, <laughs> they, it's one of the first things that they address about beirut like okay they trace her all through season one being really uncomfortable with it and then in season is it at the end of season one or it's either the end of season one or the beginning of season two she literally gets like um, yelled at by the crowd. Yeah, and, season one and a season. Yeah, that one. happens. They like one, throw right. stuff at her. Yeah, and it hurts Rhonda. Yeah, she gets like beamed in the head mm-hmm. with a can. <laughs> and um, in season two, the first episode, uh, Bay. Um, I shouldn't keep calling her Beirut. Art already. Arthy. Arthy. Um, she has this plan to like destroy Beirut, like using a like suicide vest and oh my rise God. from the ashes as a phoenix yeah <laughs> yeah so it's like really explicitly yeah like really dealt with okay well then that yeah, i like that really i mean harmful right because it is it's really really fucking harmful i can't mm-hmm. even i can't i don't know every once in a while it like hits me how little i can fathom somebody else's experience yeah like that it's just so i really can't I mean, I sound disgustingly privileged even saying it out loud, but Jesus, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I'm sitting here feeling bad about my size eight body. and <laughs> I mean, it's like I love to say, and I feel like it's so fucking cheesy, but like both are true. I know. Like yeah. your experience is real, just like the other people's experience is real. And we don't have to be, I don't know. It's also kind of them. fucked up to like make yourself feel better about yourself by looking at someone that mm-hmm. has a less privileged life and being right. like, well, at least I don't have that. Yeah, like, it is. <laughs> I've had that thought too. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. And I do think this show does complicated well. Yes, I do. And they do it in such a satisfying, like, popcorn, mm-hmm. like, movie theater nachos way. You know, <laughs> the, like, it tastes good. <laughs> the word I wrote at the top was, this show is winsome. It's winsome and it's like meaty and satisfying and like takes itself seriously, but not too seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, but in the right, it's to- it's pitch perfect. It's pitch perfect. Yeah. I really recommend everybody watch it. It is, it is so entertaining. If you haven't watched it and are listening to this show, you must really like us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we had a lot of interesting things to say that weren't specifically about the show. So that's true. That's true. But that might also just be proof that you really like us, which, you know, we like you too. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) We like you too. All right. That's all I have on Glow. That's it? I feel like I've talked about this forever. How long have we been? Me too, but it's been an hour and I have a shit ton of homework. (laughs) Okay. Is there there anything really urgent you'd like to say? We just, I'm just trying to think because we didn't talk a ton about the plot, but I think we hit everything. We hit Bash. We talked about Sam. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about Sam and Ruth's dynamic, but I don't really care to talk about it. 
Um, no, they have a very will they, won't they, and I just don't care if they do and sort of hope they don't. Yeah, okay, I feel good. Okay. I always put you on the spot. I didn't give you any time. I watched a lot of Glow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. When we do a show, I'm usually, that's the thing I've that's primarily thing. watched. What else? What else? What else? Today I watched uh, a half an hour YouTube video about a mocha pot. Mocha? Oh, what? what is mocha pot? <laughs> it's like an Italian um, pot that makes espresso. You put it on your oh. burner. I used to have it when oh, we yeah. lived together. I had it. Yeah. And I've owned one and I've ruined like three of them. And I just got a new one and I was like, I'm going to do my research and learn how to use this finally. <laughs> Is that so the I thing that it like can boil over really fast? Like it takes yeah. a while, but then, yeah, I do kind of remember that. Okay. Turns out that when it starts boiling like that, you're supposed to remove it from the heat and not leave it on for another 20 minutes until the handle melts. Because <laughs> you have a meeting and forgot. <laughs> yeah. There. Or honestly, sometimes I would just let it keep going because I literally thought that's how you made the coffee. Oh! <laughs> Just didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Oh, yeah. You got into coffee. Sometimes I, like, decide I'm going to actually research something and learn how to do it. And then I'm like, Avery, what were you doing? Yeah. (laughs) Like, why didn't you actually learn how to do something? The other day I did a thought experiment with myself where I was like, what am I doing in my life right now that I could actually learn how to do? And I just, like, (laughs) haven't bothered to learn how to do. I couldn't come up with anything. But I know in six months I'm going to be like, you're a dummy. You should have learned more about that. (laughs) Well, you mentioned – I'm not saying you know more about this than I do. But when you mentioned working on your lawn, like doing some gardening in the back, that's an example of a thing for me that I I, – I always say I'm bad with plants and can't have plants. There's a lot of information about plants. I mm-hmm. could get it mm-hmm. and then probably I feel like I'm capable of having a plant. I mean, I literally have plants in my backyard that I bought and I'm actively not doing the research on. I don't know why. There's like a block. Yeah, it's, it's like really boring to me until I try to do it and fail. Like yes. I can't, I can't do it. Like I can't. I don't have the imagination to like think through what it's like to do something. I need to do it first. That's and interesting. Fail. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm interested in learning how to do it. I don't enjoy, I feel like I have a different version of it. Same thing, same block, but I don't, it's because I don't like the process of trying to do a thing I don't know how to do. And I'm overwhelmed by trying to learn. So then I'm just like, I'm out. That might be it. That that might be it. Like, I have no context for it. And yeah. I'm just like, ugh, this is too much. Whereas I like being taught. Like, working mm-hmm. with a trainer, I like. But you did some of that on your own. I was very impressed. You were like, yeah, I watched videos and I have some thoughts and know how to do a split yeah. squat now. If, if gardeners could just make some 60-second Instagram reels, maybe <laughs> I would great. get into it. Honestly, yeah. someone probably – I feel like someone they probably, probably does. do. I have, I like, literally 10 plants sitting in my backyard yeah. that I need to plant. And, like, I really hope they don't die before I put them in the ground. <laughs> sitting there. Oh, God, just I love sitting it. there. Uh, um, what have you been watching? What did I watch? So I checked out a show called – sort of on a weird impulse – The Neighborhood. It's uh, uh, Cedric the Entertainer. That's his name, right? Cedric? I, I think so, yeah. I think Cedric. so. And um, the guy who plays Schmidt in New Girl. Yes. And the I premise like is that it's a black neighborhood and Schmidt and his family move in. And okay. it's like, it's a CBS sitcom. So we Ooh, you know that vibe. But that's the premise. So it's pretty funny. 
I enjoyed it, but it was one of those things that by episode eight, I was like, I get it. Because <laughs> those sitcoms just sort of repeat. I think that's what is pleasant about them for a lot of people. Yeah. But I felt like I got the idea. Um, but if you like those sort of just popcorn-y sitcoms, it was, you know, it's well acted, well written, mm-hmm. very funny, mm-hmm. like really good comedic timing. I thought everyone in the cast was really good um, at like playing their part and their beats. And then otherwise, I've just been reading about the human body, which is quite complicated. Turned yeah, out. you're doing insane shit. It's right insane now. amounts of work. So I'm taking anatomy and physiology, which is normally a 16 week class, and I'm doing it in five, and I'm also doing it self paced. <laughs> and like it starts with chemistry because you have to understand chemistry to understand like cells. And then cells go into tissues, and then tissues are organs, and then organs are organ systems. And it's just like, it's just a lot of information. And I'm also very impressed that any of our bodies, like, ever do anything now that mm-hmm. I'm learning about it. Like, even just that we move our finger, like, that's just crazy. Do you understand mm-hmm. how much is happening for that to happen? I don't totally yet, but it's a lot. <laughs> and I don't even understand how, like, what what's my brain? <laughs> like, what? They're all my. I was talking to my sister, and she was like, "Well, certain you'll know the four uh, systems of the body. I don't know if it's four. And I was like, "Well, I'm on day one, and I can tell you, it's eleven. <laughs> there are eleven <laughs> systems." Do you know anything about the lymphatic system? Because I feel not like it's yet, very mysterious. but I'll let you know when I get there. I did have. I did. I just read a book about schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit about brain science and that and how like neurons connect to other neurons and dopamine only goes to certain receptors mm-hmm. and shit. And I'm just like, but how do they know? Like it makes it sound like there are little men in your yes. brain, like driving the cars and like choosing where to park. <laughs> and I'm like, how do they know? Do you remember Osmosis Jones? Did you yes, see that? I yes, kind of want to watch yes. that movie now that I'm taking this class because that I'm realizing as I take this class is how I envision the inside of my body. Like that, it is a cartoon and it is, they're all chatting. And even learning about a cell, there's all this stuff about like the different types of membranes and the different ways, parts of a cell. Think about how small that is. The fact that we even know about them is also crazy. And knowing like some can pass through certain membranes and some can't and same with you. I'm like, fucking, but how did they agree upon this like where do these rules come from (laughs) and really if you think about it all people did was look at human bodies and now state what they're doing i mean animals too but yeah no one told the cells how to do it they just it's it's just natural shit yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's crazy so anyway programming doesn't make sense like how does i don't understand how programming works either like who wrote those like where do the languages come (laughs) from there's a lot yeah it's a i'm like hating and loving the class at the same time because it's just so much so much but it's it's i don't know tumbling in a lot of ways it's really (laughs) great what it's an existential nightmare it's crazy I read half of a Stephen Hawking's book because I thought I was cool and I was not smart enough. I like had to bail halfway through. But one of the things he says is like, if you go further far enough in science, the debate uh, between God and science like becomes moot. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense anymore because if you go far enough in science, science doesn't make sense. Yeah, like proves the existence of God. <laughs> because how else is any of this what? happening? Where did it come from, atheists? What are we doing? You think we're in the Sims game? Like, maybe, but still. I don't like that. 
The simulation? No, I don't like that. I listen to Armchair Expert and they talk about the simulation a lot on that show. Like they yeah. really believe in it. And I don't know that I don't, I don't know what I think, but I don't like it. Like the idea of it, I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I lost my jean jacket the other day in my house and it's just gone. So <laughs> definitely a glitch. <laughs> that has, yeah, some of that. I guess I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That yeah, makes me really <laughs> Rosie looks very uncomfortable thinking about I think about part this. of what I don't like when they talk about it, and this is very specific, but they are very successful and very well off and, like, very privileged at this point. And when they talk about it, they're like, oh, it's that's the sim because, like, things like this are too good to happen. And I was like, if you're in the simulation, so isn't everybody else. And it's it, the way they talk about it bothers me because it makes it feel like they got selected and that's great because it's working out so well for them, even though it's not for like they use their example a lot is a migrant farmer in oh, Africa. And I'm like, I mean, I guess that's like kind of true. Like you should be happy for the wor- life that you have. But to, it's what we were doing earlier. But to like specifically like it even more because it's not as bad as someone else's. I don't know, it's human nature and it's natural and I do it too, but it's I don't it makes me feel icky when I hear them talk about it. Well, the other thing I feel like that does is it it completely negates the fact that we that humans design society to be this way yes. and that we benefit from the migrant farm yes. worker being less privileged than us. Like we were just talking about like who tells the rhombus mm-hmm. what to do in a cell, right? And mm-hmm. it's like Humans, like you said, didn't go in and design like certain proteins to go through and other proteins can't. Like that is like a part of nature. And when you talk about a simulation like that, you're kind of implying that like unequal distribution of wealth and privilege is part of nature. And it's not. Like people colonized Africa and did that on purpose. Yes. Yes. That's a very good point. I think it's that. And the other thing I don't like is that also sort of erases that person's life. They might be, yep. It's not that I don't know, but they might be a happy human being. And for you to be like, at least I'm not that person, is so erasing of them. They might be a happy human being. And the other thing that strikes me just now that I feel like people don't think about, I don't think about, maybe other people do, but like that migrant worker might be a brilliant television writer. Yeah, you don't know because they don't have the. <laughs> like, they don't have the opportunity, but they could be. They know. could have a award-winning podcast. We don't, they yes. probably have a lot of interesting shit to say. They just yeah. weren't famous at like you know whatever. Their life just didn't play that way. Anyway, yeah. So maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But the way that, yeah it makes me feel blick. You're talking blick. about Monica, like how you don't like mm-hmm. Monica the other day mm-hmm. when we were in person, and I, I went on struggle to with her. Yeah, did you look up her? I looked it up. I on didn't Reddit. look her up. Oh, okay. I think the phone was listening because it just like fed me yeah. a there you go. thing about Monica, and many people on the internet agree with you. And I, I know like, over Monica, and it's tough. I feel really conflicted. I even feel like nervous saying this on the our podcast. That yeah, I I have tried to really ask myself if it is an internalized misogyny thing or if it is even that like a racial thing. Like I've tried to really ask myself that. And I don't think that it is at this point. She's, she's the stuff that gets to me is she talks in a lot of absolutes and that I find very hard to listen to. And that's really against how I view the world or like opposing to that. So even there was some conversation they were having about someone who had halitosis and she was like, 
he was like, well, let's not be too hard on people with halitosis. Like, that's a medical condition. And she was like, no, if you have halitosis, you're gross. Like, I'm sorry, but you're just gross. And I was like, that is so hateful to say. <laughs> like, yes. you don't know where it came from. You don't know. Like, you're immediately assuming it's poor hygiene and a choice. Mm-hmm. And I don't know a ton she about halitosis. Other have choice. Yeah. Like, and they don't all. Not everybody has don't. the same choices for various reasons. Yeah. I don't listen to armchair experts, so I'm totally talking. I'm pulling a Monica. I'm talking out of my ass. But one of the things that I saw on Reddit was that they were talking about the high cost of living in Los Angeles. And her response multiple times was, well, people can just move. Yeah. Yeah. That it's that that's a perfect example, because first of all, and no, they can't. No, they can't. Like if you're born there and you don't have the money to move away or you have family you're supporting, all these reasons why, right, that you can't just move away. But then also someone responded to that and was like, oh, okay. So you want all the nannies and the bus drivers and everyone that takes care of the municipality and all Mm -hmm. those people to just move away. You want everyone that works at Mm -hmm. restaurants to just move away. Like what the fuck are you going to do? Society is going to crumble. Yes. (laughs) Also, you used to be a nanny. I know. It's That's so weird, the other like part. This. And maybe it is her Rich own people get struggle. I've seen that multiple times. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe she totally forgets. She also talks a lot about how she's embarrassed by that being her past rather than being, like, proud of it. So she has got a lot going on. I would like to try to offer her some, like, grace, but I find her very difficult to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's not just her. Like, you know how much I love Girls Gotta Eat, but there's moments with them, too, where I'm like, yeah, you're fucking rich now. Like, you have yeah. to. Yeah. I'm sure people think that about us sometimes. Yes, we're very privileged, and we try to be aware of that, but it's hard. Did a lot of thin privilege earlier in this conversation, so I get it. This is a very existential episode. We're not watching much else. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God there are other things that I'm watching, and I can't remember. I guess I've been reading more, which has been really nice, actually. Yeah, reading. I'm either on Tik. I've been doing a lot of TikTok, Mm -hmm. too. So I'm either on TikTok, like, ruining my brain, or I'm reading. So it's, like, balancing out (laughs) my attention span. I um, am reading a book, too. I love this author, Kelly Armstrong, who typically writes fantasy. But I'm reading a book right now, and um, it's about a woman who thinks she witnessed a kidnapping, but no one believes her. And she's going to fucking prove it herself. Sounds very classic, Kelly Armstrong. She's the one that did the vampire werewolf books? Yeah, yeah. Is that her? She's a 13-book series. (laughs) You've read multiple times. I've actually only read it once because it's 13 books. Oh, I tried wow, to read okay. it a second time. You've and talked couldn't. about it a lot. I talk about it a lot. It really seared into my brain. It's called The yeah. Women of the Other World. So if you like fantasy, fucking go nuts. Every book is from the perspective of a different woman of the other world, and it's bomb. <laughs> I'm also reading fantasy, and I'm going to show you so you can see how well loved this book is. Oh, it has shit. no cover. Yeah, no cover <laughs> at all. And this, the it's like yellowed pages. This was new when I bought it as a child. Like I bought it from like oh, Barnes so you've read this book a million times. I've read this like book that a physical times. actual copy. It looks like it was. It's yeah, it's like falling <laughs> apart. Anyway, so I'm rereading it. It's called The Outlaws of Sherwood by Robin McKinley. It's about right. Robin Hood. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. I'm trying to read a little outside my typical rom com. I've been having a lot of anxiety, like I was being honest about it earlier in this show, and just to be even more like blunt about it, I've been having like a lot of self-loathing thoughts, Mm -hmm. and reading this has been really nice because it's like quieting my brain. It's like putting me back. You know, I I felt fine growing up, Mm -hmm. so it's like reminding me of what it felt like to just like be more chill. Just be able to just like be in the, in your body and in wherever you are. In the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
not like constantly judging yourself or thinking you should be doing better or doing something else. Yeah, it's tiring and useless, honestly. It like doesn't And the saddest get part anywhere. is it doesn't get anywhere and the saddest part is like we're all doing it. Yeah. Wasting so much time. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, it said obviously, but I don't think about other people the way I think about myself. And if I did, Mm -hmm. I would be a bitch, like truly Mm -hmm. bad, mean, spirited person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Do I judge people? I'm not saying I never judge people, but I don't judge people the way I judge myself. No, Specifically I have a lot more grace yeah. for other people. Yeah. And I'm also way more interested in other people. Like, yeah. I don't want other people to be, like, constantly manicuring themselves because mm-hmm. it's, like, not interesting. Mm-hmm. But when I do something that's, like, a little bit too much myself, I'm like, oh, fuck. I showed yeah. my hand. Yeah. I feel that's the same on this way. podcast that anyone could listen to. <laughs> <laughs> that literally is just available for all humans <laughs> with internet, I guess. Okay. I'm done. On that note. <laughs> and what we've been watching sort of and a lot of existential existential (laughs) nightmare shit (laughs) so basically we hope you love yourself and watch glow (laughs) yeah and we're just small specks in the universe so little itty bitty things need to shit on yourself (laughs) no and you want to announce next we're going to be doing mrs doubtfire i think i've seen it maybe once this is another one where you've maybe seen it once and yeah. I've seen it like literally a hundred thousand yeah. times. Like my brother and I used to watch this just over and over and over. So I'm excited. A little yeah. comfort food. Comfort for food. Me. Yeah. I think you'll like it. You like Robin Williams? I like Robin Williams. Yes. Yeah. Who does? There's gonna be a lot honestly. to talk about too. Yes. Um and that so that's out in two weeks. Maybe we said that already, but that's in two weeks for the summer. And in the meantime, you can find us online, theriftpod.com. On Instagram and Twitter, we're at the Rift Pod, and you can email us <laughs> theriftpod at gmail.com. Um, and we will see you in two weeks. See you. Enjoy the start of summer. <laughs> <laughs>